0: It'll pop your frogus episode, episode, episode 60, episode 60, episode 60, episode 60, episode 60. Happy anniversary, Ryan.
1: Happy episode 60, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today to Don't Be an Idiom, the only podcast that explores the origin stories of common phrases and idioms. This is Albert.
0: That's right. Here I am. Look Whoops. at your mic. <laughs> Whoopsers. I need all new stuff.
1: Listen. Once we get the Patreon up and running, we hope that you'll contribute.
0: It's not up and running.
1: No, we got. I'm work. glad.
0: I'm glad it's not up and running, and no one's donating. It's better <laughs> that it's not up and running, and they want to donate so much, but they just we're not letting them.
1: I'm assuming that most most of our listeners are. are they've got like a jar chomping
0: at the bit to. They
1: got a jar oh, yeah. and they're they're collecting. This is what I would yeah. give to them to make this, you know, a full-time job.
0: You know what? Yeah. Mat. What you should do is start a jar if you don't mm. have one already. And then every time that you use an idiom, throw, oh, throw a quarter in there. Throw and then, a quarter. And then by the time...
1: Or a Sacagawea. You, yeah. Oh,
0: if yeah. If you have them. Definitely.
1: So listen, we appreciate you guys sticking with us. We've hit episode 60. And to celebrate, we got a couple things. First of all... Yes, we do. We're dropping volume 3 of the Don't Be an Idiom soundtrack on our Bandcamp and that is free. That's free. You can choose to I mean to, you choose to pay. You can you can pay and um and download the MP3s that way you can, you know, burn them onto burn a CD it, or and then you can play
0: it in your car. You could share oh, I them. need to do that.
1: You could share them with a friend, but go to dontbeanidiom.bandcamp.com. We got songs like the Rolling Rock song.
0: Oh my god. That's... I was rolling like a rock. That song is worth it enough right there for that.
1: We've got our Belvis Presley a little fast, a little loose song on wow. there.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: And that was the
0: That was a big. That, that was, was a big one. I feel like that's where I became a true Elvis fan. Is trying to embody Elvis. Yeah. Or, or, to Belvis. It, you know.
1: It definitely clicked.
0: It, yes, for me, yeah.
1: The Ballad of Sam Hill.
0: Oh, yeah, dude.
1: It's that's a, dark, a murder ballad. It's a murder ballad. The dark wolfy one. Yeah. Take a Mulligan.
0: Oh, that's a, a that's jaunty like a, a, Irish, you know, sing along.
1: That's that's a good sing along. So anyway, you can oh, trial by fire.
0: Yeah, yeah trial, trial by, by fire. fire.
1: <laughs> so anyway, it's a dance hit. Listen, we know that you can easily go to the revisit them by going to the ends of episodes. But that's this boring, is that's crazy. It's annoying. I'm not going to go back to a, an episode, right? No. Uh, um, Absolutely not. No.
0: Definitely buy it and burn it.
1: Buy it and burn it, and then you know put it away. Right. But just put, just Come use it. it
0: in my 03 Honda Accord. That, that's an 03? It is. It's <laughs> a good I year. <laughs> it is a good year.
1: I miss my 05 Toyota Matrix.
0: So we all do.
1: That was a. Christmas is that one. Christmas. Christmas. You know, you remember how we made a joke about him um, Yeah, uh, John, going John past John Father John Misty, Father John Misty yeah. on horseback? Yeah, yeah, He was in. A bar or a small place the other day, and Father John Misty was in there.
0: Oh my god. And I was just
1: like, okay.
0: Okay. Right.
1: What's what's with that guy? He just He's like a cool magnet. What's
0: with us? Maybe we made it happen.
1: <laughs> oh. Now that's an idea. Cause you know, I
0: said I mentioned my Aunt Julie the other day, and then mm-hmm. she texted me right away. How in- weird is that? Interesting. And oh, actually, she was in Kentucky. On Route 66 at that giant soda bottle Whoa. place that I told her she's got to check out.
1: Very cool.
0: And I was like, I was trying to find that guy who had the house. Remember his house was like turned into a.
1: It's like an art like studio. A museum kind of, type yeah, thing right, right, right down right.
0: the road. I was like, I got to get you this guy, John's info. And of course I didn't because I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, you're a piece of but shit. But she went though. She went and they got some sodas. It's called um, Pops.
1: Yeah. So if you're ever driving through Kentucky.
0: And you see a gigantic, like, 20-foot neon Coke bottle. They've
1: just got endless bottles of of soda that you can buy. Ones that you've never seen never before. Never
0: seen, never heard of. Might not even be real.
1: Yeah, it, the whole thing feels like a dream now. Yeah. But that's what time does to things. Um, also, we're going to... Uh, so we've updated our Spotify playlist. So if you have Spotify... Look up. Don't be an idiom. Presents. Um, we're just we kind of condensed the volumes. Now there's one volume. Mm-hmm. We have over eighty songs with idiom titled tracks on there. So like Madonna's True Blue is on there. Mm. Um. Motley Crue's Fast and Loose is on there. Not, wow. not Crue, Motley uh, Crue. Uh, Motorhead. Sorry. Ah, oh, damn it. I, the thing is, I was looking for a song called Motley Crue because mm. you had done that right, as right. your idiom, and I could not find a song that was that was good called motley Crue. So does motley crew
0: have any good songs well
1: they've got some good songs but but their songs aren't called motley crew right. which is the idea right 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 so anyway if you want to listen to some idiom titled tunes this is over like four hours at this point of, of yeah and you tracks.
0: just put it on shuffle at your next idiom party
1: yeah which i we we're, should we're assuming it, yeah we'll have that why haven't we had one well, let's have one at lunacy brewing
0: Right. Oh, yeah. We gotta call. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta we gotta, call them. We gotta call those guys.
1: We're gonna have a little idiom party at a at a brewery in, We're in a Jersey.
0: We're teaming up with the lunacy guys. Yeah.
1: Uh, and thank you for all the feedback for our "Let's Get a Strombo" April Fool's yes. Day podcast. Wow, um, that was awesome. Percy and Tara of uh, Jersey Ice Cream Company Fame they made they've made two different Strombos. Two, Since that podcast. Two
0: batches of strombos, right?
1: Two batches of strombos. Right. And they did a Delanco style.
0: Right. Do you remember is, what's in that?
1: Uh pepperoni, provolone, broccoli, and some ricotta.
0: Now are they either of them from there? Well,
1: Terrace from Delran, which is okay. right I think I think Delanco is in between Delran and Burlington. Oh, okay. Yeah, so <laughs>
0: that's fine. <funny. laughs> so is are any of those Delco? Or is that like a, you know, like when people talk Isn't about a Delco? is that a
1: PA thing, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think oh, so it's like okay, outside so now, of the city.
0: Okay, so this is Jersey it's a different stuff. thing, yeah. Okay, good. So, I thought maybe I was like, oh yeah, Delanco, that's Delco, right? So, I don't know.
1: So thanks for sending us some pics and vids. If anyone else out there has made or ordered a strombo yes. since hearing that uh, episode, you know, get in touch. Yeah. Roger of Miss Rachel's Pantry made a vegan stromboli. Which looked so good. Which looked really good, although we did not get to eat it. We didn't get to eat any of the strombos people sent us pictures of. That's very annoying, by the way.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> like, well, I'm hungry now.
1: I know. We, you'd think that they would save us a slice.
0: Right, or mail us one.
1: A slice would be nice. A slice would be nice. But now, but it, it's a thought that counts.
0: Yeah. Well, can you? If you cut a strombo, would you call that a slice? Oh. Um, what would you- that be? With, give me a slice of strombo? Well maybe on our tron- next let's
1: get a strombo episode we could talk about maybe we could pitch some yeah. things you call a piece of yeah. of strombo. A, a wheel. A wheel. Of strombo. Yeah. A spoke. A spoke would be good. A spoke of strombo. I don't know. We'll come up we'll have to think about that. We've spoken too soon. call <laughs> Call in if you have an idea about yeah. what to call a piece of strombo. Um and also, Greg Kemp, yes, old friend, current listener, he got inspired by our episode, but he bought a giant calzone, right? A calzone,
0: and he said, "He's like, it's a calzone, but still, yeah." And I was like, "Cool,
1: man, it does <laughs> yeah. look good." And it was huge. It was huge. What did he put? He put a banana in there for perspective.
0: yeah. yeah. And it dwarfed the banana. It
1: dwarfed it. Right.
0: But. Something to notice, though, is that they did also give a dipping sauce, which I, I'm still not sure about what the rules are with all this. Because when we got our calzone by accident, there was no dip. Mm-hmm. It was all the sauce was inside. Right. And all the Strombos had the sauce on the outside. That's right. So this is like some weird. It, it's like somebody needs to lay down the law in Town. I feel like.
1: Well, it's going to be us. Yeah, we we've made the first step yeah. podcast ever about strombos, so we're yeah. gonna. We now have some power, I think, in yeah. the Strombo universe, Stromboverse.
0: Yeah, well, and then like I feel like old Anthony Sicily is going to be like, no, no, I don't. Yo, you're kind of pinning down to the Strombo.
1: <laughs> <then he's> Sicily. <laughs> Anthony Sicily. It's
0: free. It's a free. <laughs> Not you know, it's free. Not like that. It's free. The it's, it's creation. Of, it's free.
1: Right. There shouldn't be any rules. <laughs> no rules. No rules. No rules. Uh, great. Well, listen.
0: But we're gonna make rules anyway.
1: The once we get around. Once we get another April first in our sights, we're gonna do another. Let's get a Strombo episode. Once Maybe we, we'll do
0: one earlier. Once we've worked off all the carbs from a month of eating strabo Strombos, then.
1: Well, actually, we've got some more carbs waiting for us post episode. Oh, right. So I went to Pittsburgh this past weekend. My uncle Mike passed away, and actually, uncle this Mike. this episode is dedicated to him because he was a listener. We love you, man. He brought us some Iron City when he came to visit. Yes, and uh, he was just the coolest dude. Yeah. Um, loved rock and roll. He had a great sense of humor, and I'm really gonna miss him. But um, he, you know, he listened to a bunch of our episodes, and he would always reach out and. So we're actually drinking some Iron City beer right now, yeah, in honor of him. And this is a Pittsburgh Brewing Company beer. Delicious! It is, it is a cool can, dude. It's a it's a really it's great like old looking. It's a really great can. Yeah, and Kaylee and Kelsey, my cousins, they gave me this Irish City beer T-shirt, which is kind of like a playoff Iron City beer, and it, it was owned by my uncle Mike. So,
0: and it is the only white T-shirt Ryan owns. Yeah,
1: I think uh, <laughs> it's it's got to be my only white one. <laughs> So anyway, much love to my cousins and my aunt and my, um, uncle Mike. This uncle is for Mike. you. Iron city all the way. Now I will sell, I will tell you this. I, 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 talked to, um, I asked Kaylee and Kelsey. I was like, so I feel like uncle Mike didn't actually drink iron city, but it's just cool. Cause he's a Pittsburghian and, and yeah. is a Pittsburgh beer. And I was like, so what was his go to drink? And they're like, it, it's a beer called American light. American Light. And he would pour it into a glass and spritz some lime in there. Whoa. And I found, so I did some research because I couldn't find any cans of it. But it's made by Pittsburgh Brewing Company. Oh, okay. So it's, it's kind of like under the same umbrella as Iron City. So we got to find some so American Light.
0: Back, yeah, okay. American Light. Huh. It's funny he's got the lime spritz in there. It's yeah, right? something my dad would Well, I think do.
1: it's such a bad mm-hmm. beer, you know, but it's yeah. really cheap. So right. you got to like spruce it up.
0: So I was like, hey, you just get a little lime in there; it's fine." And
1: it's like a yeah, it's like a good beer. Great. So we got to do that one day.
0: Okay, I'm definitely down for that. <laughs> Send us one if you got any.
1: Yeah, please call in if you have a source for American Light. You can
0: shake it up before you put it in there too. Get us.
1: Might as well you get us good. The old joke. Get us good. All right, you got a game for us, game master? Yep.
0: Uh, we have a ring toss game.
1: A ring toss.
0: Classic ring toss. I did go to the South Philly uh, Carnival this weekend, so perhaps I was, you know, subliminally inspired? No. Subconsciously inspired to play more carnival games.
1: I'll tell you what, a a grim image is painted by the word South Philly Carnival. Yeah, an image that I love, by the way. Yeah, but it just feels gritty.
0: I mean, it's been coming for years, and every year I'm like, "Gotta go, gotta go," and then every year it's gone. Yeah, um, we went, and it was every, awesome. Yeah, it was so fun.
1: I think the fact that you went on rides and and lived to tell another, lived to see another day.
0: Let me tell you something. They have the you know the giant boat that rocks back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I I always remember it from the Ocean City boardwalk I think it was called like the Golden Galleon yeah here it's called Pharaoh's Fury nice yeah, it was like an Egyptian one <laughs> nice. was like, Egyptian. and it was furious <laughs> I thought I was gonna fucking die
1: <laughs> that's funny so there's like what Egyptian markings yeah, like the, on it, well, it and like stuff the, head, the and front
0: and looked like the head of the the, Pharaoh. the sarcophagi yeah okay. yeah
1: wow alright we'll have to get in there next year
0: it's furious
1: alright so we're gonna do a ring toss yeah in honor of um, Uncle Mike. Of Uncle Mike. <laughs> Uncle Mike loved the he ring loved the toss. the toss. I'd like to think that he did. <laughs> yeah. Um, in honor of the carnival as well. So, okay, uh, we'll we'll get back to you. Yep. After these game messages.
0: Yeah, the game song. Here we go. Every dog has his day, and you're a dog.
1: I had a big dog of a win. 200 points. Can you believe it? Wow. Double the points of Albert.
0: Yep. So. He got me.
1: Albert, I've always appreciated your turn of phrase. Oh, yeah. Because I, yeah, you just, you know how to spit them out. They mm-hmm. always sound good. Mm hmm. Oh, is, is my turn idiom. of
0: phrase is the yes. weird because I feel like an idiom is a turn it of is. phrase.
1: And so I have wow. been, dude, I've been thinking. That's a very
0: good one for the 60th episode. I know.
1: I was saving for the for a big number episode, but I have been thinking about doing this for like a couple of years. What? Yeah. And I was like, Tur- idiom is a turn of phrase. Wow. So we should be talking about how, why did turn of phrase become a phrase itself? This is like an enigma right it's it's uh i don't know what turn it is Turn of phrase yeah so what does it mean first all right. of
0: all so uh, okay knowing what i know about doing an idiom podcast i would imagine it's like when a f- the meaning of something turns right like a phrase changes like from its literal to mm. to something not so literal like the turn
1: okay I don't know. yeah so all right here's the definition of yeah. turn of phrase a way of saying or describing something. That's that's kind of... That's the, it? That's the Merriam-Webster dictionary definition. A way
0: of describing something.
1: Um, another definition, a distinctive spoken or written expression. Okay. So a turn of phrase could just be the way that you say something. Like, you mm. know, Bob Dylan has a lot of many turns of phrase. Yeah. Or turn of phrases. How the fuck do you pluralize turns that? Turns of phrase... <laughs> God. Call in. <laughs> Call in if you know how to pluralize turn of phrase. Yeah. So like Bob Dylan like comes up with very clever expressions, right? Yeah. But they're not necessarily idioms. Right. You know what I mean? So you you, you could if you have like a s of a, an interesting stylistic way of saying something, sure. You could have that could be like, oh that's a great turn of phrase.
0: Yeah, he's but, got yeah, you could probably do a whole book on his he says stuff that's just like he made it up.
1: Right. Yeah and but and he also borrows expressions from you know other places sure yeah so i would just say like yeah it's like a distinctive spoken or written expression okay but idioms are turn of phrases okay okay as well so is it one of those things where it's like all is
0: it like you know it's like a all idioms are turns of phrases but not all turns of phrases are idioms kind of thing
1: Yes. You know, yeah, people yeah, like to exactly. say that
0: about some things. I can't yeah. remember what they are now. You,
1: yeah. Every idiom you could call turn a phrase, but not everything that you would call turn a phrase could be an idiom.
0: Right. Yeah, I think there's some saying like with the rhombus. Oh, a rectangle, right? Like every rectangle is a square, but not every square is a rectangle. Is that the one?
1: What? A right? rectangle can be a square?
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: listen i'm not like much of a geometry guru <laughs> me neither geometry guru
0: you know i always remember when i got to geometry in high school i was like finally shapes i can do that and then yeah. they were like here's all these equations i was
1: like what yeah it's like why are they putting nothing num- it was they hard. should not have been getting numbers and in- no numbers should be involved in geometry no just shapes yeah like, can you fit this shape in that shape You're like, right yeah or no right that's it right Alright, so I, I gotta figure out uh, yeah. where
0: where a turn and phrase comes from.
1: Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> All right, I
0: gotta think about this for a sec. This one's not that old. Mm. I would say, if I was to if I was to hazard a guess, people have been tattooing since about Well, I know the I know like those the tribes like are, like, you know, like out in the you know, I know there's been like stick and poke kind of stuff, but let's yeah. let's say like a, the modern day with the tattoo with like the electric gun. ones. Yeah, kind of like that. Well, you know, when's Sailor Jerry Jerry been around. Is he like Sailor Jerry? It's like early 1900s probably. I would say
1: like 1920s. Yeah,
0: okay. Maybe. So let's just say early 1900s, right? Yeah. Tattooing's coming very popular. Right. We're in Chicago so for your
1: typical Sailor, yeah, or, yeah, whoever yeah.
0: you know, like it's just it's it's becoming well. I at that time I would say it was still mostly sailors, mm-hmm. right? Because I was like where tattoo culture I feel like was huge, was probably, like yeah. but i let's say it's starting to make it to the mainstream, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, now people are going to get tattoos, I guess. Man, what was it like in the early 1920s? Isn't that like <laughs> that the flappers?
1: Yeah, flappers. Yeah.
0: That seems early for tattoos,
1: doesn't it? I feel like you had to be like a real bottom of the barrel kind of person to be getting a tattoo in the early 1900s, right? Okay,
0: yeah. Or like in the Navy. Right. Okay. Not that there's anything wrong with being bottom of the barrel. No, I love the bottom of the barrel. All right, look, here's where we're at. We are going to, we're in Chicago. Chicago is a port city, right? Yeah. You know? So, you get a lot of sailors coming in and out. Yeah. What do you got? You got some dates for me now? I was just going
1: to say, Sailor Jer- Jerry Norman Keith Collins yeah. was born in 1911.
0: Okay, so then he probably didn't start for another couple years.
1: For a couple twenty, But like, you know, maybe in the 30s. Okay,
0: all right. So, so this story is not about Sailor Jerry, because if it was, you would know it, because it's mm-hmm. a more popular story, because right. it's a big deal. Yeah. Um. This is about... Jailer Sari,
1: jailer Sari, <laughs> jailer
0: Sari. Did
1: he work in a prison?
0: He's um, he's just he's just a guy that loves tattoos.
1: Okay, just like Sailor Jerry. Y-
0: yeah, and this is why I think he gets lost because mm-hmm. people think that when you say Sailor Jerry, like just it messing just sounds up. so similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, in Chicago, he was starting to get a following because he was really good with um, he was really good with um like, word art, mm. you know? Yeah. And uh, that was kind of his thing. He's like, yeah. I can do anything with,
1: with letters. I right. Like, he can make them look real pretty. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So, you know, people, elsewhere, you know, people are getting their tigers and their, mm. their jaguars mm-hmm. and things like that, mm-hmm. the, the pin-up lady or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, like you, know, like, you know, there's a lot of people that, like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hello, nurse. <laughs> but, you know, like, a lot of people get... They love poems and stuff getting tattooed people on love themselves. Poems, whatever. Yeah. Uh, as a person that only has a few words tattooed on me, this yeah. is personal preference. I found that I didn't want to get too many words on me because then yeah. people are trying to read you all the time.
1: Right, right, right. You know. Yeah.
0: Uh, so anyway,
1: there's already enough people trying to read you without any words. They're trying on your to read body.
0: you metaphorically.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's a metaphor.
0: Jailer Seri, uh, he's like, I'm only doing letters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And
1: He's the letter guy. Sailor Jerry's the image guy. Yeah, right. Right.
0: And, and it's it's not as popular. It's a, But but anyway, so he started making a name for himself because have you ever seen those tattoos that when you get them done one way, it looks like life mm-hmm. and then you f- turn it.
1: And it says like and evil. And it says like
0: death or oh, evil. Oh, yeah, or yeah so that he created that you know, the then, new, you
1: know the new princess bride blu-ray says the princess bride and if you turn it upside down it still says the princess bride
0: well there you go something like that so his his whole thing hails Hales, the whole thing was he's like i can take any word and i can turn it into a different word and you won't be able to tell when it's the one way or
1: the other. So if someone's diving uh-huh. into a pool, it was good. For example, you can still read the word,
0: which is exactly what a lot of his clientele was with divers because they were all
1: that makes sense. Navy men, you right, know? right, right, right.
0: Um, so, so he was. So he got very popular for creating oh. the turn of phrase
1: tattoo, oh, which you can still yeah, see yeah. today. And like in the Princess Bride, like Blue in the Princess Ray. Bride. <laughs> <laughs> so turn a phrase because the phrase can be turned upside down and still maintain its meaning it still reads the same
0: he's very creative yeah like he can he can write the pope one way and then the other way it says like happy halloween
1: oh wait wait, wait. i thought i thought you meant that um that either way it still he can do that that too yeah he
0: can do that too yeah but he got really good. He got really popular when he was able to make it say something completely different. I love that. Down. Yeah.
1: Okay. So it could say Pope one way mm-hmm. and the other way it says happy, happy Halloween. Halloween somehow. Yeah. Okay. That's insane. Right. Yeah.
0: Because he was a visionary. Right. So now those things are still popular. You go get one today.
1: Great. That's my guess. That's good. That's a very good guess. <laughs> yes. I love it. Uh, it's wrong. Oh. It's dead wrong. Mm. You're about 500 years off there.
0: I thought it was pretty new, so
1: well, that's good. Uh, so let's. I want to first talk about the word phrase where that came from, hmm. and we've got a boring guy named John Paulsgrave. He cool was name though. Paulsgrave. I guess anyone with the Paul's word grave. grave yeah. In, yeah. Palsgrave.
0: Palsgrave. Yeah. Makes you wonder mm. how you earn because you know like. Back in the day, you would you would get your last name from something that you like did or
1: like Miller. Yeah, yeah.
0: So it's like how how do you get Pal's grave?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was a,
0: maybe it was a grave digger.
1: Apparently, there were several ways that he spelled it. Even on his own publications, he would like change the spelling of it. sometime
0: he just likes to keep people guessing. I right. guess.
1: So this guy, this is in 1530, and the word phrase itself was mm. was coined in the 1500s. And mm. Paul's grave was a priest of Henry the Eighth Eighth's court. He's a priest. Yeah, like he was like one of Henry VIII's dudes. Sure. And he was a tutor, he was a textbook author, and he wrote this book. It was to help English learn French. Okay. And it was called well, my French is a little rusty. But it's called Not Le right. Class Mandou la Long Francoise.
0: Wow, that's pretty good actually.
1: Which is just it was this was like a book to help English learn French. Actually, it was the book where the word bumblebee was first used because (laughs) before bumblebee they used to be called humblebees so next time you see a bee be like they those used to be called humblebees
0: is there you probably don't know
1: because they made a hum they make a hum sound when they fly oh shoot Um, okay you know so So it
0: just changed it yeah bumblebee yeah
1: even through like all the way up to the 1800s, people would sometimes still use Humblebee for a bumblebee. Let's bring it back. I think we could bring it back. Calm down. Um, but anyway, in the book, he would offer French phrases that the English should know. And the word francis in French means sentence. Okay. Okay? Yes. And But he would also use the word phrase in a different way that was common amongst the Tudor gentry, which was um the style in which you spoke or wrote. Okay. All right? So the word we have this word phrase now. And this actually is a is kind of similar to what you were talking about because uh hmm. jailer Seri would right. was was known for his like the style with which he tattooed on you, yes. which was a visual thing. Yes. Well before there was printing, people would judge uh, Texts not only by the content of what was in the text, but also the the, the calligraphy with which oh, it was I'm written. Sure, right? It's like,
0: like a big T at the beginning, e- a very big T, yeah. right?
1: Because all of them the. were <laughs> the <laughs> because. You know, you're reading this. You, you spent a lot of money. You could buy probably buy a house you with the amount have, of money you spent on this book.
0: They don't have movies,
1: which was written by a monk. Yeah. there's no fucking movies. Right. There's no TV. No. Oh, so God, you're like, if, if I have to read, which is my only option, unless yeah, I'm I've, look, well, unless I'm watching a play or puppet theater.
0: I want like big I want fancy this to look good. Yeah. I want
1: every letter to look great. Yeah. Right. So um, the word style even comes from. The word stylus, which was a writing utensil that was used to, like you know, mm-hmm. d- basically like write your letters.
0: Yeah, you get them for your Palm Pilot, right? You get your stylus.
1: Oh yeah, I guess so. <laughs> anyway, that that word's been around for a long time, and style came from stylus. So-
0: style came from stylus. Yeah. So, like, when we talk about our style of dress,
1: even, uh-huh. it comes yeah. from stylus. Yeah. Awesome. I'm gonna say yes because I believe that. <laughs> because the stylus was the tool that that made yes. the visual style of the words that you were writing. Right. All right. So uh so you could say that the style of a phrase also meant the physical appearance of a phrase. Mm. Got it? Yeah. All right. Now, there is a Greek word, tornos. Tornos. All right, which yeah. means lathe in sure. Greek. All right. Do you know what a lathe is? Is that what you use to like sharpen tools? Kind of. It's it's a machine that's used in in a, like working wood, and basically it holds something oh, yeah. there, and you can like
0: oh right, and it spins the wood, then you can exactly get, then you get the tool, a hand tool on it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Right. I got so
1: it. tornos in Greek means lathe. Tornos. That sounds familiar. Now turn comes from tornos. Okay. And so, a turn of a phrase is actually referring to wood turning of a phrase, okay? Because you've created, you've whittled, and I guess whittled is actually the wrong um, verb, but like you've you've turned a phrase, meaning you've you've kind of like stylistically created a phrase, the same way that you would design something out of wood using a lathe.
0: Interesting,
1: right? So it's
0: not just about what the The sentence is saying it's it's also how beautiful you can make it look.
1: Well, that's why that's why like, you know Bob Dylan might sing something and you'd be like, oh, that's quite the turn of phrase. Yes. you know because it's like interesting. it sounds good right it it creates certain images that are really I don't know spectacular or something. yeah. and so just like the way that you would work wood on a lathe, that's what you're doing with language when you speak a turn of phrase
0: interesting. yes, that makes sense. It's much more artistic than just saying. I went to get the milk.
1: <laughs> I went to get the milk. Right. Right. If you give me a turn of phrase about going to get the milk, go ahead. Invent something right on the spot. For
0: um, me. <clears throat> I don't know. You're probably better at this.
1: No, I, I was, you know, there's utter, there's, there's milk, latte.
0: Oh, you could get creative with that.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm utterly, utterly useless. <laughs> I'm utterly out of milk. (laughs) So I need to go buy a A latte latte. of it. (laughs) Yeah, good. (laughs) Now that's a turn of phrase. Now
0: that's a turn of phrase.
1: (laughs) So anyway, in the late late 1500s, there's evidence of turning the phrase. Mm -hmm. And then in the 1600s, it was the first time we saw someone say turn of phrase. It was like a, a translation of a French text yeah. and the writer wrote the nearer the idioms or turn of the phrase of two mm. languages agree, tis the easier to translate one into the other, which is obvious. Not every language has idioms, the same idioms, you know? Definitely not. Right. So if the closer those are, you know, like similarity, the easier it is to translate. Duh. 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 Now I, I wanted to say two things about wood turning before I, do. I, I move on. One is that there is the um, the wood turning center is there's a wood turning center based in Philadelphia. It's now called the Center for Art and Wood. Huh? <laughs> Houses a collection with over a thousand objects from international artists.
0: Huh? And are they all things that are made on lathes, probably?
1: Or well, or so not necessa- in the '80s, sure. this was created, and I think it was all wood but turning now things. It's gotten a little looser. Yeah, it's a little looser. So okay. now anything that you do with anything wood, wood. Okay. So anyway, I think we should take Alex here for his birthday.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea.
1: All right, so Alex, if you're listening, Happy birthday. We know you you like of the wood. We're gonna take you to the Center for Art and Wood in Philadelphia. Happy birthday. And it's free. And it's free for you. <laughs> oh, it's free for you. We're yeah. gonna be paying the big yeah. bucks. Oh yeah, to get in. Um, but it's right on third and race, so we'll go there. And also, I—I was characters. trying to find like something interesting about wood turning. I was like, crazy story about would, some nothing. I can't. You would I, think I, that there's. I'm, something. I'm sure there's plenty of people who have had accidents out with a lathe. Man you know? gets but like, <laughs> splinter. <laughs> yeah, but I did find this guy um, Etienne Morin in Canada. He has a YouTube channel. And he made a Loch Ness Monster egg Yes. from a cherry wood burl. Ooh, cherry and wood. So, yeah, I wanted to show you. This is the cherry wood burl, which is just like a knot of wood. Damn. So he's got this whole, like, wood-turning YouTube channel. And then he put some epoxy in there. Ooh. He started filling it in. Ooh, it's color. And then, you know, because we do a Dubia Monster podcast around here. Whoa. I, I thought seeing a Loch Ness egg used with a lathe would be kind of interesting. it's
0: beautiful. It, it's got very it's nice, wood, pretty beautiful wood grain, right? and then these blue spots where I guess it, it's begun to crack, perhaps. Yeah, it's beautiful, Alex. You, you. He was just showing me some cherry wood the other day.
1: Oh, uh, okay. You well, got,
0: you, you got to <laughs> make us some gotta, Loch Ness eggs. You got to
1: get in there, buddy. Um, but anyway, wood turning has been around for forever. Here's this is an ancient wood uh, lathe wood lathe
0: this guy he's it looks like it's foot foot powered I guess
1: (laughs) it's called a bow lathe or or something that's all you need i'm afraid to talk too much about wood because i'm i don't know anything about well this is how we learn right right we can get
0: we can learn by the people correcting us (laughs) right wood is a metal and it's from space
1: wood is a metal from space (laughs) speaking of metal there's an extra idiom that I wanted to mention, which is coin a phrase.
0: Point? Coin, coin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, coin a phrase, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've like, heard a
1: uh, coin a. Like you can oh, coin it's... a word.
0: Right. Right. Which is kind of like—is that when you like create a new phrase?
1: Yeah, when you invent a new yeah. saying or idiomatic phrase. I mean, we coined uh, peanut dinner. Peanut dinner.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> technically. Well, my your father coined <laughs> peanut
1: dinner. Uh, we coined... Uh, they don't name towns anymore. They don't no name more. towns anymore, right. I, I also feel I like we, we coined the word strombo. Because I don't know if anyone else has ever called a Definitely. stromboli a strombo. Yeah, right. I mean, maybe in the history of time, someone's called a stromboli well, a strombo, but no one's written it down. It ain't down. written down. It ain't written down, so we're taking it. That's right. So, yeah, if you coin a word or coin a phrase, it means you invented that saying. And that just comes from coining of money. Like, you know, when you have like a... You would have like a blank... Yeah, circular disc of metal, and then you would coin it,
0: and then all of a sudden it's money,
1: and all, that, just like that, it's worth something right. for some reason. And then we got to pay taxes, and we get fucking shit on. Okay, get made <laughs> So, from the, since the 16th century, people have been using the word "coin" to refer to coining words. Shakespeare even used the line, "So shall my lungs coin words till their decay."
0: Can't have an episode without. Shakespeare, Shakespeare or
1: Chaucer? Yep. Who are Who are other big big ones?
0: Um, those are definitely Shakespeare and Chaucer two are big, big ones. ones. They come up all the time. Imagine being Ben s- Franklin a lot.
1: Well, actually, there was something about Ben Franklin. Damn it! What was I? Oh, man. Did he invent the Franklin? Like, oh, like, god there the, was the frank i did see ben franklin's name while i was doing this and then i i meant to write it down and then i for, just completely forgot because my brain my brain is fucking mush yeah it doesn't it's, do anything it doesn't anymore. do
0: anything no it's, it's just kind of,
1: it's just hanging on
0: it's kind of nice because you don't you don't remember anything so everything feels kind of new
1: <laughs> right
0: um there was an episode of Futurama where they met Ben Franklin and he invented something called the Franklinator, which is just a <laughs>
1: stick with a badger tied to it. Good as a weapon. That sounds like a Franklin invention. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, to say coin a phrase that comes from 19th century American slang. Hell yeah! But coining a word, <laughs> coining a word is is, is British. Damn it. Um, I also wanted to give some credit to Gary Martin of Phrase Finder because Gary. I re- all most of my information about a uh, um, turn of phrase Love came from him. there. Love Gary. So thank you to Gary for for enlightening us. He's um, kind
0: of he's we it's we haven't mentioned him before, but Gary's a we big, have before we have yeah, mentioned yeah, yeah. him before. Gary's a big deal with us. You kind of he I feel like he's. Um, he's He's the king he's like the gold star
1: he's a great Um, yeah he's a great resource yeah and then you always find rivulets from there yeah and And um, he's got
0: some fun facts he throws in sometimes too which I like
1: yeah so I want to give credit where credit's due and uh, also check out this Loch Ness Monster Egg go to Etienne Morin Woodturning on YouTube it's beautiful is it for sale I don't know probably not probably more than we can afford We cannot afford anything. But contribute to our Patreon if you want us to buy a Loch Ness Ness Monster Monster Egg. egg. Um, Maybe
0: Rick Spears could make us one.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Good. That's a great idea. Let's get Rick Spears on that. Go look up Rick Spears. He's the man. All right, everyone. Well, that's the way the cookie crumbles with turn of phrase. I thought it was important for the the Idiom Boys to cover that. That's big. And uh, we'll be back after this musical interlude. And we're going to hear... What Albert has to say. What, he, what makes him so fucking special. Oh boy. I don't know why I'm cursing so much.
0: That's because I started it. <laughs> See you later. I gotta
1: be Real soon, though. <laughs> Welcome back to well, episode 60 of Don't Be an Idiom.
0: We are on a pepperoni roll over here.
1: What a roll of a time with a pepper roll.
0: Um, well, it is episode 60, and I would say at this point, we could probably say that the proof is in the pudding with this show.
1: Proof is in the pudding. How have I not thought to do this one? I know, right? Like That's a big one.
0: Actually, the whole time I was doing it, I was like, This sounds like something we've done before. So I'm glad that you didn't say we did it.
1: The proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. Proof is in the pudding just means this is verifiably true. Of course it is. Just look to this example and you will see. Just look at it. That it's obvious that it's all good.
0: Absolutely. The real worth, success, or effectiveness of something can only be determined by putting it to the test
1: Effectiveness. That's the word right. that I was that I yep. meant to say that I could not come with yeah. come up with. You just have to try it. Uh-huh. See it to believe it, people. The, the proof is in the pudding. Right. What an idiom. Oh golly, where did this come from? Where oh where? What do you think? Give me a sec.
0: Yeah, take your time. Give
1: me one second, please. Mm.
0: I could go for some pudding, actually.
1: I used to love uh, vanilla pudding vanilla huh yeah I know
0: Um, yeah uh, yeah chocolate all the way obviously what I I like is the the, swirl yeah the swirl even though you cannot taste the difference between the (laughs) vanilla and the chocolate which really means all you're getting is a light chocolate what is
1: that pudding what's the name of that specific pudding that's snack
0: pack is it snack pack but is it snack pack by jello
1: oh is jello I don't know Um, I
0: don't know Jesus but snack pack you know what that always reminds me of Mm. Billy Madison. Mm. Remember that his name was like it was like a snack pack
1: yeah. in the lunch. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs>
0: Thank God for Adam Sandler. <clears throat> Unless he did something wrong by now. Right? Everyone does stuff wrong. Snack pack pudding calories, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not seeing the jello name on it. Wow. But you can make jello pudding. wait no. Yeah, jello pudding's a thing, right? Jell-O pudding, yeah. Are they giving jello a run for their money? <sighs> Interesting. Jell-O- mm-hmm. and Snack Pack are different, but mm-hmm. they have similar products. Whoa. And looks like it's cheaper for the snack pack.
1: Of course it is. I mean snack- you just
0: snack pack's good though.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay. Here's here's my guess. Okay. And this is um. This is gonna be uh, an early 1900s guess as well. Mm. American.
0: Mm, it's American. It's
1: American slang. It's early 1900s. And uh, at, for our international listeners, good day, mate. Amer- <laughs> Americans know how to. <laughs> Americans know how to. You know, pack the pounds. Oh, we do. They they know how to. It's all
0: those preservatives.
1: Yeah, unfortunately we eat a lot of preservatives over here, we love the chemicals, we love the sugars, we love the carbohydrates, that sweet corn syrup that we just can't get enough of. Give it to me, baby. Dude, even coke in other countries doesn't have corn syrup in it, and it's good. Why? So it, why right? do they force us to drink it here? Well, Co-
0: even Remember when it's we ridiculous. first went to France, they had coke light, which was like a diet coke, and still mm-hmm.
1: tasted amazing. So why can't they just give that to us? They want us to die.
0: I think because there's some sort of a mind control uh-huh. thing.
1: Anyway. Fat you, control. You know it's how. It's like
0: those things from Doctor Who. Remember mm-hmm. when they get the fat, the little those little guys? <sighs> yeah,
1: yeah. That was a David Tennant episode, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so.
0: And, uh, you know, then you can control that.
1: Right, yeah. So anyway, for our international listeners, you know, as Americans, we are being controlled by sources that are beyond us. And uh, however, this is not always the case, really. Mm-hmm. In the early 1900s, people were friggin' thin, too thin, too thin. And similar to the royalty of the rena- Renaissance, um, people wanted to have a little bit of meat on their bones. So it looked as if they were in a higher class. They were a little bit wealthier because they could afford food, right? You know, like in the 30s during the Depression. Um, people were just... Gaunt. Stu- yeah, they were gaunt. They were gray and gaunt. And... It's good luck If you were able to have flushed, plump cheeks, then that showed that you were not affected by the economic depression right. happening here in America. Right. So um, some wealthy people would go... You know, they, they they were already funding the hospitals. They were funding the orphanages, you know, not because they cared, because they it's wanted a, their names. It's a good look. It's a great look. Yeah. You want your name on there, right? Definitely. Um, and so there was a, you know, a, a group of wealthy, you know, people in, in New York City, mm. and they funded part of a you know like a sci- a group of scientists I don't know what do they call it a lab they funded a lab sure and they were like we want the meat we want to look plump right wow. we just happen to be a group of very naturally thin rich people right and we want to
0: plump up but okay. we want to
1: plump up and so they you know uh, since they had already basically funded this this laboratory in New York they're like, we'll just have the scientists come up with something here.
0: Yeah, we already got the laboratory.
1: We already got the laboratory. We got to plump up. Um, we don't want to look like these frigging thin, low-class people. We already right?
0: stole their kids. <laughs> we stole their kids. They have to do what we
1: say. <laughs> <laughs> Why were the kids stole
0: well, that way, they have to do like weird, like <laughs> Nazi surgery.
1: Oh, Nazi surgery! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the Nazis were up to some weird shit. Yeah, and the then na- you know, then we yeah.
0: then we brought them over here to make fucking shit for us. Oh my god,
1: America! But freedom, though, so land of much. the free Nazis. So much freedom, though. <laughs> so much. Um, land of the free Nazis. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, anyway, so these piece of shit, rich people, rich <laughs> na- these pieces of shit, <laughs> <laughs> rich, rich Nazis, <laughs> <laughs> these pieces of shit, rich Nazis, which I know this is before the world war II broke out, but, um, th- they eventually were going to be Nazis.
0: They were on, th- they were well on their way.
1: Well on their way. Um, I'm, you know, America did not get involved in world war II until we got bombed, you know, Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they were like, listen, scientists make something for us okay so they were all like we gotta make something that can make that's gonna plump these people up and so they were doing experiments on beef we we're doing experiments on vegetables mm-hmm. and then you know all this oats things like that and then they looked to the black pudding of britain right ah, black you know, pudding a lot of brits and you know uh a lot of irish a lot of scots which, which all came over from there even really and a so, pudding
0: the way we think of it
1: right? no 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 it's more of like a. what is a
0: black pudding
1: a black pudding well it's, it look, it's for like someone a, who's never
0: had it like me
1: yeah it's like a softer scrapple okay. in, in a sort of log shape mm-hmm. it's it's like um it's a uh, cow's blood with like spices and, and oats in it i think okay and so it's thick so is it more like a meat um, it's like a pate in a way oh okay yeah like that but, but it's it is it's it a meat up. product i mean it's yeah yeah because it's like so cow's so bread. it's not it is not like chocolate pudding just get it it's chocolate not pudding. even
0: remotely like not that. even
1: remotely <laughs> No, it is but it does have a softer like kind of texture that's why pate comes to mind hmm. um not that albert and i can afford pate listen my
0: cats eat pate but it's cat pate
1: yeah, I guess black, black pudding is like cat pate.
0: Okay. Oh, I can afford
1: that. <laughs> so anyway, they looked to the black pudding and they started doing experiments with that. And then they were like, well, let's throw some sugar in there. Let's like take out the beef blood. Like, let's take out the oats. Like, oh, just, just make it sugar. And like let's, let's get some milk <laughs> no, in no there. No mean at all. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they had pudding. And they still they kept the name pudding, right? All, even though it, it was nothing like black pudding of Britain any longer, right? And so the scientists brought, you know, they presented this to the wealthy, so this wealthy society, and they're like, "Listen, this is gonna plump you up." Right. And so they they're like, "How do we know?" And they said, "The proof is in the pudding. You eat this mm-hmm. three times a day for 15 days, you will be." Plump is hump dumpty. <laughs> yes. Plumpy plumpty. Plumpty, plump-ty wow. dumpty. And uh, and they and that were they, they they were right. They were frigging scientists. They were smart. They were very smart. Very smart. And uh, they plumped those wealthy people right on up. But uh, then eventually the economic depression ended anyway. By the 50s we were making McDonald's burgers. We all got plump.
0: Proof, you don't is even have to try. Proof is in the pudding. try. in the pudding with that one. Wow, that's not bad, right? Very good. Thanks. You. It's not. It's not, not a, that. It's not 100 true. But you okay. have some. You have some spots in there that okay. align very nicely. All right,
1: I'll take a spot.
0: Here's the deal. What I want to start with is. When you think of the word proof, right, and you kind of said this kind of the way you were describing it too, so we think of proof as almost like evidence, right? Yeah, like right. The evidence, yes. is in the pudding, right? And you can imagine the visual of somebody digging through the pudding to find something. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly like that. So, <clears throat> the 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 version of the word proof is more. It's more of a verb that means like test. So think about uh, the the words like fireproof, bulletproof proof reading oh um and then there's oh wow, that's much
1: different than right that evidence it's, idea but it's,
0: but it's actually so close though mm-hmm. really like like mm-hmm. the test can become the evidence yeah yeah you know what i mean um so even the word which i see again i've been watching a lot of the great british baking show mm-hmm. and they are always talking about proving the yeast right yeah and I'm always like what, what the does hell? that mean I I don't, I,
1: <laughs> I still it don't looks
0: know. like they're putting it in the oven but they're saying but if it's, it's the proving drawer right uh, essentially what it is is you're trying to activate the yeast and when it rises mm-hmm. that is the proof that the yeast is activated sure so proving, you know so gotcha. it all kind of comes from that same stuff now yeah. the word proof comes from The 11th century, it's an old French term, either prover or also prover, Mm -hmm. which means to show, convince, or
1: put to the test. Well, we we both have uh, French origins of our phrases today. We are just, we're so linked, Uh people, that eventually this show is going to be impossible. Sausage links.
0: Sausage links!
1: (laughs) Black pudding. Black pudding. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Um, So the... The original, so the proof is in the pudding, is actually a shortened version of the original saying. Was uh, the proof of the pudding is in the eating, proof and that the, the, the proof eating. of yeah. the pudding is in the eating. Yeah, and this comes from early 17th century. It was like a proverb, mm-hmm. right? It first appeared in print 1605 in William Camden's uh, remains concerning Britain, and the OED says that. Even though it was first written down like that in in the 1600s, there were like allusions to it in other phrases as early as the 14th century. Wow! So here's the deal going back. Ryan already touched on this in the 1300s. Medieval pudding was
1: black pudding,
0: the stomach uh, or uh, of one of the entrails of a pig, Uh sheep, other animals, stuck stuck with a mixture of minced meat, suet, oatmeal, Mm. seasoning, etc., and then boiled. Mm. So. Ryan was right on that part when you think of the old term for pudding is more, much more like a That sausage British
1: meat kind of thing. That we think oh, okay. Of. Yeah. So cool. something
0: boiled uh, meats, usually, although they did have savory ones too. Yeah. Um, boiled in the sheep intestines.
1: It's very similar to haggis, Scottish gonna, haggis. I was
0: going to bring that up. Oh. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm about to. So <laughs> haggis does count in this. As a pudding. In, in, as the pudding, right? So the 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 important thing to know is that back in in the you know uh, middle ages is that uh, preservatives and you know any sort of an FDA uh, was, not <laughs> was not really happening so um, the idea is that you could look at a sausage it could look pretty good yeah. but if you eat it it could
1: who's to say how old
0: it is it, oh it's right it could end your day. It's like, remember when Coach McGurk's uncle left him his, his oh, yeah. final sausage in his will? Yeah, what is he He's like, it's delicious. It's incredible! Oh, it's incredible! Yeah. Um, so, the thing is, they could taste bad. They could make you sick, or they could even kill you. Right. Because you're dealing with, you know, animal intestines, meat from, mm-hmm. from you know, the animal, and then also, like, blood itself. Yeah. So... So it was, you know, that was the part of the proof was not just how it tasted it, but if it didn't kill you. Yeah. Um, now it was eventually shorting, it was eventually shortened to the proof of the pudding. But around the same time and uh, around, so the first thing, time we see it written down is in 1867 in the British Farmers Magazine. It was the first time that they ever wrote it as mm-hmm. the proof is in the pudding. Gotcha. So it was around for a while before it got changed. Yeah. Ryan brings up a good point. He's talking about haggis. Cannot talk about pudding uh, or haggis without mentioning the famous poet, Robert, Robert Burns.
1: Burns.
0: And especially to a haggis. the address to a haggis. Address oh, to a haggis.
1: Right. Wow. And he, he refers to the haggis as a pudding in that poem. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Um, so And he criticizes the French ragout. Does he now? In the poem, he criticizes the French ragout as being a sort of like, I don't know, like um,
0: a ragu festival.
1: Like if you're eating ragu, you're like a weak little French man. Yeah. And, uh, but if you're eating haggis, that'd be a very manly, it's, it's a very, very man- hearty meal. To eat.
0: Yeah. yeah. So that that poem specifically was from 1786, Robert Burns' Day or Burns' Night, however you say it, we, we've celebrated here thanks to Ryan, uh, which is essentially you eat haggis on January drink 25th. Whiskey. Yeah, right, drink mm-hmm. whiskey. Um, if you don't know what a traditional Burns supper is, it's smoked fish soup, haggis, of course, neeps and tatties, mm-hmm. which, if you don't know, that's mashed turnips mashed po- and mashed potatoes, uh, and a clouty dumpling, which is a Scottish dessert of dried fruits, spices, oatmeal, or bread clum- crumbs, flour, and beef suet and boiled in a cloth
1: called a cloot. I never had a clooty dumpling before. You know, I was
0: th- so so Ryan has made me a burn supper before. He even made me a vegan one back in the day when we were oh, that was when nice we were me. doing that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then I eventually tried the real one. It was way better. Um, but uh, so right, I mean, I know you're a big uh, Robert Burns fan. Is yeah. there anything else that people should know about eating either celebrating or e- I just thought you might have something you well, might want cool, to add
1: yeah the cool thing about Robert Burns is that he wrote in Scottish dialect right that's so, why that
0: poem was so hard to read
1: right <laughs> it's it's very difficult it's impossible to read essentially I actually
0: don't know what it was saying yeah,
1: but yeah you need to read a translation of it
0: okay I didn't know if that was cheating So I no no didn't. no because
1: like because you know um, there was obviously there is a hatred of the English by most people, by the Irish, by the Scottish, right? The English have been dicks forever.
0: Yeah,
1: they're still um, dicks, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. We no, 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 no.
0: Oh no, I mean English Americans. <laughs>
1: by English, I the mean true English are now cool because we've become the shit ones. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, we're the worst. We're the worst. We're the worst in all of the globe. I want
0: to love you in in England.
1: <laughs> no, England's England's great now. But, you know, at the time, obviously, like writing in English would have been the preferred method of p- true literature, right? Mm. So because Robert Burns was Scottish and he, you know, he was like, you know, fuck that. I'm going to write in Scottish dialect, which no one had done. And so he was the, f- the first poet to have written literature that was appreciated by, by readers, you know, from all, from all over that was written in Scottish dialect. And so that's why the address to a haggis is so difficult to read. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, yeah. So if you want, like, basically he's the the bard of Scotland. He's kind of like saw that the term, way William bard. Shakespeare is the bard of England. Robert Burns is the bard of Scotland.
0: And bard's a big deal getting that title, right?
1: Yeah. How do you become a bard? You, well, that's the you, it's thing. like, There's, you just, like, are need, you just like, need to, like, to be... you the king
0: of poetry kind of thing? Yeah,
1: essentially. Like the king of literature. It's awesome. And, uh, and so they celebrate you know robert burns every january by j- drinking a lot of whiskey reading his poetry eating haggis neeps and tatties yep and uh, i'll tell you what it is it is one of the holidays that i treasure most right right and and now that it's connect i know i realize there's some connection between that and proof is in the pudding that makes it even right. know, more interesting yeah right
0: yeah. now you have you have you been able to go in your travels to actually go and celebrate um robert burns day like in yeah. Because well, you were living in I was Scotland was I lived in
1: Scotland while... Like, is that where you got a taste for it all?
0: Because wasn't it like illegal to make haggis in America for a while because of the... Well, it's because
1: you can't really... I think because of mad cow's disease, you couldn't import British <laughs> beef, you know? Oh, okay. But actually, uh, yeah, while I was living in Scotland, I celebrated Robert Burns Robert Day and Roger who is now a vegan chef right was with me during in January and celebrated Robert Burns Day with me
0: so you guys got to like go and so, do yeah. it in the town square kind of thing
1: yeah well we had i had three haggis suppers throughout the day
0: jesus like one for <laughs> well, breakfast like, and one well, for lunch so we had a day. proper
1: haggis supper and then I also went to a fish and, you can go to like fish and chip shops and get like deep fried haggis oh so i yeah. got that and that was really good and then, like, earlier in the day, we'd got, like, a haggis appetizer, which was, like, a fancy, like, Neeps and tatties haggis Man, little appetizer. Man, you were appetizer. all
0: hagged up that day. I huh? was hagged up. I'll <laughs> tell
1: you what. I, my first shopper say I ended not feeling so hot. i bet.
0: <laughs> Seems like there'd be a lot of salt in all that. It
1: was too much salt. <laughs> I it, My sodium intake was very high, but I was... I'm still a young buck, so my metabolism just kicked that right yeah, out.
0: Right. Well, so I, you know, I'm, uh, I've had the Robert Burns, you know, supper. Except I have not been able to try an official haggis yet. So yeah. I guess I gotta. Fight. Well, I guess
1: because we've had canned haggis when we've eaten right. it.
0: Well, that's that's okay though, right? Yeah,
1: but, but you we have just, had. We real just, haggis. Oh,
0: okay. Right. I guess I'm just because I didn't get to experience it inside the, the intestines, sort of thing. Right. right? Yeah. So yeah. that's like okay, good. So I did, but neither of us have had the. Um, Neither of us have the, had the uh, what's, what's called, it called the, the
1: dumpling. Cludie dumpling. dumpling.
0: Yeah, it's, it seems like sort of like a like a like a spiced uh, bread type dessert mm-hmm. kind of thing. So we're gonna have to try that. Another just another little connection to this show, or actually to our other show, is it, yeah. I, I know we've mentioned this before, I believe, is that uh, um, Robert Burns also wrote "Auld Lang Syne."
1: lang on, right So,
0: in our, in one, of, oh no, no, that was that was a uh, don't be an idiom episode when we, did yeah, that.
1: it was a New Year's, it was episode. a New Year's
0: episode, yeah. yeah. So he's the man, obviously, and he died young, thirty-seven, right?
1: Dude, everyone died young in the seventies. This is so hard to get I mean, to. could you
0: imagine like
1: it was just so hard to get to? Like we'd be gone. Oh, we'd be yeah, we'd be gone.
0: Um, well, anyway, I am, I'm glad that that, that we were able to stretch that to that degree because now I am on to my pudding fun, fun facts.
1: Okay, good. Wait, right. before you move on. So the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. That really means it really means like it, eat the, eat the pudding to know that it's.
0: The proof of the pudding is in the eating is the what it the, really comes from.
1: And, and the, the proof that it is the proof like that it is, fresh that, that is, it is good good
0: and that it is not gonna gotcha. make you sick and right. it's not gonna
1: kill you gotcha gotcha okay um, I
0: that's it. what it is because really it was it was always a roll of the dice eating right. the, these black the great song one of my favorite <laughs> Underrated unknown if anyone knows Bruce songs.
1: Springsteen tell him to get in touch with us yeah we have a, f- a few words to have with him
0: yeah just another roll of the dice
1: all right so what are your pudding fun facts
0: All right so the sweet creamy confection that we know mm-hmm. of as pudding that wasn't invented until the mid 19th century by an English chemist named Alfred Bird. He yeah. was developing an egg-free custard powder
1: you know I did say that a scientist invented pudding you
0: did. Yeah.
1: All right. So
0: there you go. There's even another one. Okay. Um, also, I think it's good to know that June 26th is National Chocolate Pudding Day. So that's coming up. That's coming up. Hey, June 6th. Twenty-six. Twenty-six. Okay. Yeah. So it's not coming up as soon, but it'll be here before you know it because we're all speeding towards death. <laughs> Rice pudding was around for a while, but it wasn't until the 19th century. Um, no up until the 19th century it was actually regarded as a medicine it was supposed to be good get for that. digestive ailments i
1: get that rice right? pudding has always grossed me out
0: oh i see now i like rice pudding. Yeah,
1: i know pudding. i
0: you get a little of that um a little cinnamon on top it's too chunky for me i like chunks though because you know <laughs> if you're eating pudding it's just it's just what am i just smoothing the smooth down my throat like i just can't S-
1: <laughs> I, smoothing the I, smooth. I need to
0: chunk something up you know
1: yeah um, a, you like the pulpy. I like juice. the pulpy orange juice. Uh,
0: and you know when people are like, "eh, pulp, now."
1: I didn't like pulp until my late twenties. Let
0: me tell you something. I know orange, I'm a pulp man orange, now. Orange, good. I would hope so. <laughs> All you need is at least some pulp. I, I did go for mm-hmm. the lots of pulp for a while, but like, orange juice is one of the shouldn't have to chew a drink. drinks that you get to chew, <laughs> and you shouldn't you shouldn't d- yeah. deprive yourself of that, right? Um, okay, so then there's also Christmas pudding, which is like a UK thing, right? Mm. Also known as plum pudding. A couple of fun facts here. Um, there, are, there are no plums in plum pudding.
1: Mm. It's
0: an old, like an archaic term. Plum is an adjective. For the, for the raisin.
1: Because oh. there's raisins and stuff
0: like that, like dried fruit and junk in there. Mm. Um, but... The 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 recipe for this Christmas pudding has thirteen ingredients, which is supposed to represent Jesus and the twelve apostles.
1: Oh. Isn't that wild? I'd love to know wait, which which one's Judas. Which ingredient is Judas? You know, he's
0: probably the. <laughs> let me say, I bet he's the
1: uh, sour cherry.
0: We got treacle, molasses, <laughs> treacle. <laughs> what the fuck is treacle? No, thought you would know. <laughs> And there's more suet in there. I, he could be the suet, I guess.
1: Judas is the suet.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, nutmegs,
1: cloves, cloven hooves. Oh, cloven hooves. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um, also, here's a... I'm going
1: to eat an all Judas pudding.
0: Oh, yeah. All cloves. All cloves, <laughs>
1: cloves straight.
0: Um, there's a, I also have I guess this, this could technically be a bonus idiom. Mm-hmm. Um, you could call someone a pudding head, mm-hmm. which is an amiable and stupid person. It's so a Charles
1: from, Dickens book, right?
0: Yeah, it's called like the tragedy or something of pudding head. Yeah. Oh wait, no, no, it's um no, no, it's uh Mark Twain.
1: Mark Twain, right? damn it, right? I think yeah. Yeah, you're I'm right. just looking that up yeah, today. Mark and, Twain.
0: Uh it's something about switching babies and like I don't know. Yeah. But uh but yeah, you can call someone a pudding head. And I'm going to end on this because uh, I was surprised to find that this was based on a true story. In 1999, Healthy Choice. Great year. uh, It was a great year. The last great year, probably. (laughs) They were offering 500 Uh frequent flyer miles to anyone who purchased 10 Healthy Choice products. You would would cut out the barcodes, right? And Uh send them in. They were clearly trying to get you to buy like the, the little, the, the healthy meals mm-hmm. and the one serving meals or whatever. But there was this guy, David Phillips. He realized that you could get the same barcodes from the individual puddings that, that they would sell wow. from Healthy Choice, which only cost about a quarter, whereas like, you know, the meals were a couple bucks, right? Yeah. So he took advantage of this program. He hit up all their grocery stores around and he bought up over $3,000 worth of individual puddings. From healthy choice. Yeah. To the extent where he actually asked the uh the managers of the supermarkets to order more. Right. Like more, more single serving puddings. I need them. I need them. Yeah. And to to like uh like distract from anything suspicious, he said he was stocking up for Y2K.
1: Nice. Okay. Good. So
0: he buys over three gram worth of this stuff, and they had this a bonus part of this promotion is they would double the frequent flyer miles if you could get them submitted by like May of that year, right? uh-huh. But he had to go through so many pudding cups, he could not cut out them all by himself to beat that deadline. Yeah. So what he did was he went to the Salvation Army and recruited people nice. to come and help him cut out barcodes, right? Yeah. Dude, healthy choice didn't even buck. They were like, yep, we're we're good. Um we will we will we're gonna honor this, yeah. yeah. Like it didn't even hurt them or whatever. He ended up with 1.25 million frequent flyer miles.
1: Oh my for god. For about
0: three grand. And he was also able to write off on his taxes. Uh he donated the puddings because he didn't eat them, he didn't give a shit. Right. He donated them to the Salvation Army and made an extra eight 8- eight hundred and fifteen bucks. Brilliant. So this guy had enough frequent flyer miles to fly. It was like they said something like it was equivalent to like you could fly round trip to Florida. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. no. Hawaii mm-hmm. uh, like 50 times. Wow. You know, for fucking, you know free, essentially. And Brilliant. And if this sounds familiar to anyone out there, it it's it. because this was a subplot on Adam Sandler's Punch Drunk Love. He right. was doing exactly that. It was based on this guy's oh, real shit. story.
1: Right. Yep. Something something went wrong though. Right with his, nothing. Oh, with Adam in Punch Drunk I mean. Yeah. Well,
0: he tried to. He was calling the airlines because he wanted to go rest, like find his girlfriend or whatever. And yeah. They were like, well, it's gonna take like you know six weeks to send you the stuff, and then he's like freaking out and like punching the phone or whatever. Right. So he didn't get to use them that first mm. time, but no, essentially, like you know, they fall in love. Spoiler alert! And then he's got a million. You ruined <laughs> you had twenty three <laughs> years, people. Like, um, but yeah, I just thought that was really uh, a fun. That's story great to go along with the pudding.
1: Great pudding facts.
0: And that is all she wrote. And that's a rap. And that's a rap as well. And that's well. all
1: she wrote. Which one, which one are we doing now?
0: Well, I think we decided I, I'm that. sorry
1: that we can't remember some of the rules of our this podcast. I
0: think well, we used to do that's a rap. And then because we did the...
1: Murder she wrote. Murder
0: she wrote. And that's all she wrote. We were like, well, we could switch it to that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. then it
0: gets confusing. Okay. Because we have so many shows now.
1: But that's a rap.
0: That's a rap.
1: That's a rap she wrote. Rap she wrote.
0: So, as uh, you know now comes the scary scary countdown timer
1: listen as the countdown's going listen if you could take a couple of seconds to review our podcast on itunes on apple that really helps us yeah so if you if if you enjoy if you enjoy the show that would be a big help um follow us on instagram we're always posting stuff on there funny funny stuff that helps out too All right. Well, thank you for joining us in this episode 60 today. It's a big one. It's a big one. And until next time, don't don't be be an an idiot.